Nathan Lenahan and two partners just bought an HVAC business. In this interview, Nathan lays out what is so appealing about HVAC, which is a business you hear a lot about in the SMB acquisition world. Also, Nathan and his partners bought small. This was a $400,000 acquisition, not very big, counter to the advice you've heard from other acquiring minds guests who say you should buy as big as you can. But Nathan already sees a path to very strong growth in the first year of ownership. So even though they bought small, he and his partners may have a considerably larger business in a relatively short amount of time. Anyway, Nathan knows a lot about home services, and now I finally know something about HVAC. And you will too, after this interview with Nathan Lenahan. Welcome to Acquiring Minds, a podcast about buying businesses. My name is Will Smith. Acquiring an existing business is an awesome opportunity for many entrepreneurs. And on this podcast, I talk to the people who do it. Are you using Twitter to learn how to buy a business? If not, you should be. What they call SMB Twitter is a thriving community of acquisition entrepreneurs. Very helpful, very supportive, and many of them very successful. You don't even have to tweet yourself. You can just read the great stuff others are writing. Twitter is actually where many of the guests on Acquiring Minds have been sourced. If you don't know where to start, just go to Twitter and follow me at when there's a will. And once you follow me, Twitter will recommend others in the community. Follow them. Twitter will recommend still others. And before long, you'll be following 20, 50 people, and you'll watch your Twitter feed fill with valuable and interesting conversations around buying businesses. Highly recommended. Again, start by following me at when there's a will. Nathan Lenahan, thank you for joining me today on Acquiring Minds. Excited to be here, Well. You and a couple business partners are the new owners of Bart's Heating and Air, an HVAC business in Fort Worth, Texas. So we are going to hear the story today of that business, that acquisition, the numbers, the whole deal. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about the at the end about what your strategy is here, because actually this business acquisition is part of a grander multi-year startup. Uh, that you that the three of you are pursuing, um, so it all plays together in very interesting ways. It's 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 certainly uh, the first the first plan I've heard of any of my guests like this. But before we get into all of that, why don't we just have a couple minutes on you, Nathan, on your personal background? So give me all the relevant personal and professional history that led up to this decision by the three of you to go buy an HVAC business. Yeah, um, I mean, this has been a plan of many years, uh, getting to this point of, of buying a business. I think we, me and my two partners, we go back and forth on, should we start something from scratch? Should we buy something? Back and forth, back and forth. But uh, for me, I mean, I came, um, I went to college right when 9-11 happened, joined the army uh, right after that. And uh, and there's just no better place to kind of learn leadership. And I think based on your perspective, it's it can be a very entrepreneurial place where you have um, you know, very kind of, uh, intention driven orders of like, Hey, go take this hill. And then how you take that hill is up to you. And I find that I found that to be like incredibly empowering and entrepreneurial. And I think that just, you know, helped build the spirit of, of what I wanted to do. Um, I'm, I love real estate. So anything having to do real estate or real estate services is kind of my background. So I left the army, I uh, got my bachelor's degree in facility and property management. Again, that real estate and business kind of, um, tent to it and, mm -hmm. uh, and joined Lockheed Martin, uh, 
wonderful company, hated it for me, really poor fit. Uh, it's basically the US government, regardless of what it says on the building. And, mm-hmm. um, and so what I did is I, I actually personally uh, moved to like a, a night shift, you know, so working from like, I always get the numbers mixed up slightly, but it's like 4 p.m. till 3 a.m. And then I would go work on my company during the day with uh, with my with my partner. So we started a property management company at that point, um, you know, built it up, grew considerably over the next like 12 to 18 months, sold it. And then, uh, you know, I went and worked for a, a very large uh, real estate company, WeWork, and grew incredibly. Um, got to grow in a region from 5 million to over 200 million in just a few years. And then, uh, you know, moved to another startup and as a senior leader. And then now I'm back doing my own thing again with uh, two of my closest friends. So really excited to be here. I'm a huge family guy. I got four kids, started way younger than uh, I'd hoped or expected. We had an oops baby at 18 and uh, it's, been, it's, it's, it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to us. So I'm about to hit 20 years marriage with my wife and uh, life's pretty darn good and really excited to jump into Bart's. Well, you've you've packed in a lot in that time. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, I could drill down on a, to, to a lot of aspects of your story, but um, this is a business podcast, so let's focus. Just a couple follow up questions. Your property management company, you kind of you kind of um, breeze through that, but you guys had started a property management company, Moonlighting, or I guess I should say Daylighting, uh, your property management yeah. company while you were at Lockheed, and you guys grew something over eighteen months and sold. And just give me thirty seconds on that. What what kind of properties were you managing? How many doors did you get to? Was it a good exit? Yeah, uh, started um, with just single family homes and, you know, grew up to a little over right around 150 doors uh, by the time we we left. Um, so we knew how to grow really fast. We knew how to build systems really quickly to handle the growth. Uh, we did not bring in enough money, though. So that was that was probably the hardest constraint for us is like we grew faster than our capital actually should have mm-hmm. let us. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, with that, we basically, we got a couple, even when we thought about selling, we had like four or five offers, played them off each other for a while. And uh, and it was like the most amazing tuition ever. You know, I made a little bit of money. I say like, I made so much money basically on it, but um, you know, we sold it for for a good, a good profit. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, that's it. So made so much money, but learned even more, which was, you know, basically how I got to WeWork, honestly. Well, you know, if you if you figured out growth and you figured out systems and the only thing that was missing is capital, usually it's the reverse, at least in Silicon Valley. You got plenty of capital, but you don't know what to what to do with it. Um, so I guess today that would be a good problem to have lots of capital floating around and maybe sure. that's what you're taking advantage of. OK. And so then you mentioned that you were at WeWork for part of its explosive growth. Say that number yeah. again from from what revenue to what? Um, from about five million ish to a little over two hundred million run rate uh, when I left. The entire region. business, the entire business, or your region? Just my region. We were a multi billion dollar company by the time I left. Okay, and so what years were those? Uh, end of two thousand sixteen through uh, end of twenty nineteen. Man, you were really there when we work entered the national consciousness and peaked, and then were you there during the? The crash, for lack of a better word, the WeWork crash? Yep. I was there for through the the attempted IPO and then kind of the subsequent, you know, rearrangement, we'll say, or reorganization and new new uh, vision after that. And uh, it was an incredible experience. Yeah. Well, I imagine that could be a podcast unto itself. Um, but we'll, we'll, mo- we'll move along here. Okay. So, and throughout all of this, you have the two business par- partners that you have now have been in your life through all of this and, and involved in these projects in one way or another, maybe one, maybe both, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they were both part of the property management company. They both ended up, we, we work with me um, <laughs> and, and we will, uh, one of them's full-time with us now and one's helping and hopefully we'll get them, you know, in the future. 
Okay, so Bart's. So, so why? So you've started a company. You've worked at a high growth startup. You've worked at another company. You work for the government. You've been in the military. Why buy an HVAC company? Why is that the next step in your career? All right. I mean, I love. Um, I just love home ownership and residential, and just like helping people enjoy the the home life of their dreams, not just the home mm-hmm. of their dreams, but I think it's really about the home life of their dreams. Um, and I think with uh, fewer skilled trades out there, it's just become an even more competitive and uh, challenging business. In a lot of ways, it's just behind the times on on technology as well. Uh, you have some, some pioneers, but um, I love HVAC specifically because it's um, – it's absolutely critical. So in Texas specifically, you know, it could be life and death during the summer and uh, people know they have to pay for it and they're not willing to go without it. You know, so now we have a, you know, a service that, you know, you're going to get paid for and people need it. Uh, so I love that part. I love making it easier. So we're going to try and apply some technology in there. Um, and then there's a few things like HVAC is complex, but it's simple. And the things, the number of things that usually go wrong. You know, and so it's usually like the same 10 or 12 things, uh, you know, is it thermostat, is it power, is it capacitor, is it fan motor, is it Freon, is it a TXD valve? Like it's the same 10 to 12 things over and over again. And so I love the finite um, number of things to manage, you know, yeah. from an inventory standpoint, supply chain standpoint, like all those different things. Um, and then also I'm really, I love HAC because of the skilled trades like plumbing, electrical, um, et cetera, it has the highest, um, percentage of subscription or recurring revenue as well. So, uh, with annual like service plans or maintenance plans to tune up for like the, you know, for the summer and for the winter, you know, I, I love the idea of that recurring revenue that helps stabilize yeah. you across a very seasonal business and will come out, you know, uh, in early spring or mid spring, right before the summer hits, you know, make sure that you're ready to go. You know, it's, uh, condenser coils are cleaned, um, you know, filter changes, inspection, making sure everything's working like you want it to, um, you know, so you don't have any problems during the summer, ideally, you know, giving any recommendations you might need. Uh, and, and so what percentage of your revenue is subscription revenue versus, you know, one-off uh, repair yeah. or whatever? No, um, very small for our business specifically. Um, Bart's, I think we came in with like 70, you know, service contracts when we joined. And mm-hmm. those are usually between 150 to $250 a year, you know, and so mm-hmm. it's, you get two visits, you know, for that price. And then there's usually like some kind of discount, like, oh, you get five or 10% off of, you know, service up to a certain amount and you get priority booking and you, know, you try and create it like a, it's an actual membership that creates value for people because it creates value for us as well. Uh, sure. And for anyone that doesn't want to do the work themselves, I actually highly recommend it. Um, but it's not like super complicated either. Uh, it's the one thing that I do believe we will always sell. Like I'm not a big salesperson. I believe in recommending things that are needed, but this is one thing that we will, as a company, continue to try and build more value onto so that it's easy to sell to anyone. Um, and it doesn't feel like a sell. It's just, Hey, this is going to make your life easier. So that's really quite a pitch for HVAC. And, and we know that HVAC is really a popular business for acquisition entrepreneurs. It's one that's talked about a lot, um, kind of, kind of like plumbing, but I, I didn't realize that it was kind of had this you know, small handful of 10 or 12 things that could go wrong, whereas plumbing, the things that might go wrong are 
kind of infinite, uh, or, or are there many, many more problems? So it's a more, I guess, much more complex business. Um, didn't realize, or much more complex work that needs to be done. Didn't realize that. Did you all then, when you decided to buy a business, look for HVAC specifically? Like, had you decided? Did you have this thesis about HVAC, um, or were you looking at all different types of home services businesses? HVAC came up, and now now you know that it was it, it was a great buy, but you weren't so um, your criteria wasn't so tight going into this. Yeah, I think, well, just for a lot of listeners out there, like we've been looking for years passively, you know, this is not something that happened in the last six months. And okay. so our thesis, our thesis has, you know, uh, evolved over time, I think where, you know, we had a very wide aperture and then we kind of narrowed it and then we opened it up a little bit more. So, uh, HVAC certainly is number one, um, target. And, you know, after that, because we are geo constrained, um, focusing on just TFW, you know, that, uh, that made us kind of open the aperture a little bit more of like, Hey, we'd be okay with a plumbing business, um, electrical. So like plumbing and HVAC are top two, but shoot, we looked at appliance companies. We looked at, um, multifamily kind of like, uh, you know, turn companies that get, you know, new units ready for turn yeah. when someone moves out. Like we, we looked at hundreds of businesses. So, uh, but HVAC was our, our ideal one and it worked out wonderfully. Great buyer, um, great relationship and just, uh, about as seamless as it could be, I think. Great. Well, I, I want to hear more about that. But but before that, why not property management again? I mean, you guys have this track record. You have this deep experience. Then at, at WeWork, there's obviously there's some sort of property management involved in WeWork. One might argue that it is a property management company. So so why not uh, why not property management again? Yeah, I think um, you know we had. I mean, we're we're kind of open to it. I guess uh, it's not not as much passion as going going after something a little more technical that requires skilled labor. I like, I'm fascinated mm. with almost like this idea of how do you make the trades sexy again? Um, mm -hmm. how do you, because like you can make an incredible living. I think you have, uh, it's underrated. So like a new, a new report came out recently and, um, skilled trades have like one of the highest, uh, happiness on in their profession of any profession out there. You know, and like, I was actually really surprised by that. Mm -hmm. We're like 90% of, uh, skilled trades are higher are actually either satisfied or extremely satisfied with their work, you know, and you know, I think having that yeah. purpose behind it is really, really valuable. So, uh, so we want to go a little more niche and our niche and, uh, you know, jump into HVAC and property managers, it'll always be there if we want to go back. Okay. <laughs> and in your own experience, I assume you've worked with a lot of, I, I know this um, from a previous conversation in your tweets that you've worked with a lot of crews and managed, I assume you've, you've, you've interacted with people in the trades for years now. Just curious, anecdotally, does what you've found in talking to people in the trades square with this report that they seem like they're content in their work? Yeah, I think, um, look, no one likes climbing in attics in Texas in the summer, you know? <laughs> so there's, there's like the downsides of this that are very, very real. But when you walk away from a house like that, and it was a family with young kids who had no AC and, um, and you came in and you were like the hero. I think that is incredible. And if you treat, I think those, those employees the same way, incredibly well, you know, value them for the skills and, and everything they bring. Um, absolutely. I've seen it over and over again. Uh, most of the time I see disgruntled ones are the ones who, you know, maybe have a little more cynical view of life anyways. And, yeah. uh, and then, uh, you know, have been wronged or had really trouble with, you know, previous leaders or, or companies, but I could tell you good leadership solves a lot of things, a lot of things and great company cultures solve you know, many of the others. So those are two things that are incredibly important to us. Uh, like how do we make it easy for them? Uh, but at the end of the day, they come away with a lot of pride of the work they do and, and the people they help. 
the so you 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 guys are searching passively for a few years. So this acquisition was a long time in coming. When you say per- searching passively, does that mean that you had uh, you know a filter set up on Biz Buy Sell to shoot you new listings, and you talked to a broker or two in town? What, what, what does that what does that passive search look like in your case? Yeah, so definitely uh, definitely the filters and alerts, um, building relationships with brokers, talking to owners. You know, we did uh, you know some cold outreach on our own, uh, mostly just friends of friends, you know, like reaching out or we'd see, you see a, a van drive by, you talk, you call in and see who you talk to, see if you can get a hold of the owner. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of it was, um, but a lot of it was mostly through brokers mm-hmm. and, and just really seeing, you know, who we could find, what we enjoyed, um, learning about and who we connected with. And so, uh, brokers end up being the best source for us overall. And this one, I don't think we found through biz by sell, I believe, we found through a broker from Biz Buy Sell who we built a relationship with, and this was like, I don't know if it was a pocket listing, but I don't know if it was uh, it was fully online when we actually were introduced to it. And had you in 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 these years of passive searching, had you gone down the path with on other deals that just hadn't come to fruition, or was this really the first one that you got serious about, and it also was the first one to close? Yeah, we. I mean, we've made it into due diligence on a few. Uh, we had. We'd made it to, you know, working through loans on a few, but never, uh, I don't think, let's see, we'd gone into exclusivity probably once or twice. Uh, So at at the end of the day, I'd say we've probably been like really serious about three to five deals at most. And this is the one we took the farthest and, you know, actually closed. So uh, like loan approval, everything was ready and in place. And by that time, we'd already talked to banks several times. We had financing ready to go. You know, everything was kind of ready and really primed. And this one, that's, I think that's why this one felt so right and, and was pretty smooth overall. So tell me more about Bart's then. What did you like about it? What, if you can share numbers, what, how much revenue was it, was it doing? How many technicians and employees are there? Yeah, sure. Um, so Bart's, we love that it's in the growth corridor of DFW. It's kind of hard not to be in a growth corridor of DFW because <laughs> it's just growing everywhere. Yeah. But we're on the north side of Fort Worth, uh, and it is just incredible growth uh, between North Fort Worth and kind of Oklahoma, basically. Mm-hmm. And and then um, you know we liked that. That so that was a great. That's a great demographic. It's where you know one of our partners lives. It's where the other two partners want to live. So really good area there. Um, solid revenue numbers. Uh, the the owner had optimized for uh, for lower taxes and had not optimized for selling the business. You know, in kind of that three year time frame that you'd expect. So yep. we actually got an incredible multiple on the company because the uh, you know revenue and profit was much higher than he claimed on his taxes. But yep. because of his taxes were so uh, his and you know his tax statement um, was so low. You know, we uh, we got a better price on it, and so I, I that was great. We ended up at a uh, we bought it for four hundred k and a little over a million in revenue, um, which turns out was probably even high, even understated at that point. So I, we think it's truly about one point two five, one point three million in revenue uh, overall, and and uh, you know twenty percent margins, net margins uh, as well. You know, so just a strong business. Uh, you know, in, in totality. And I say 20% margins, that's kind of after us re uh, like pro forma ing out adding, cause he, he used this house for like the office and you know, things like that. And that wasn't included in any of the expenses. So we had to kind of go burden that the right way. So mm-hmm. we're still looking at 20% margins after we burdened it with what it actually cost to run the business. Great. Great. So yeah. 20% margins on about a million dollars. So 200, 250 SDE. Yep. 
And so three of you are in the deal and you, one of you is working, is, is the GM at the business, stepped into the, the leadership role at Bart's? Exactly. So our partner, Scott Titanser, he, uh, he, his background is facility management, property management as well. And, and so he stepped in as like the general manager for Bart's. He's running the day to day. He is, um, you know, working full time in it. So he's actually paid a salary based on that, that role. Uh, I am full time as well, but I am, you know, more of the, I'm helping with the growth and systems and like implementing service Titan and marketing and everything like that. Uh, we were not anticipating me joining as soon as we did. Uh, I actually, I was laid off from my, uh, from my previous role. Uh, I won't say unexpectedly, but, uh, it was sooner than I was planning on joining the business. We were going to have me join in probably a year, uh, full time, but mm-hmm. it's been wonderful. Like great, great timing, having a lot of fun. And so that's my role. And then our third person, he is, uh, he's still working his job full time, but he helps with the finance side and the kind of the technology side. That's his background. And, but he's full time in something else. Correct. Yep. Okay. All right. And what, uh, what have you found in the, so, so you closed on this in November. So it's been a little over a month, correct? Yep. 45 and, days. And 45 days. So what, how are you feeling? Any skeletons? It sounds like one of the things, some news has been good that revenue looks like it's going to be bigger than, than uh, what was reported because of the, uh, I was t- t- trying to op- optimize the tax returns, but um, any other good news or bad news? Yeah, I think um, no skeletons in the closet, which has been wonderful. You know, just the the, the seller has been incredible. He's a high character, you know, kind of human being. Ran it with his wife, done really well, took care of his people. Uh, but the the things that you'd expect, you know, I uh, I think the uh, Wilson companies on Twitter. You know, he talks mm-hmm. about go buy a business that's like four or five hundred k and as inefficient as possible. And I think that we found inefficiencies everywhere. Like he had just um, signed up for his first, you know, technology with house call pro recently. And he just thought that was unbelievable as far as the tech. And, and we found that to be, you know, it's not up to the standards or expectations that we want. So like we're moving to, to service Titan, but um, no, no skeleton. I'll tell you like the worst part has literally been, uh, just transitioning phones, like getting phones from his phone provider to our phone provider. It took us four weeks and probably, you know, about 15 to 17 hours just to get phones changed over. So like, that was the thing that, that threw us off the most, but everything else has been pretty seamless. You know, it's funny. I, I hear that a lot that, that, that these kind of what should be straightforward logistical changes are the ones that are the biggest headaches. But the good news is like, those are fixable. They might be five times hairier than they should be. Um, but they're so fixable. And once you get on the other side of those, like if there aren't any more systemic issues that you encounter, like you're, you should be off to the races. So that's great. How many, how many employees or how many technicians and how many over oh. empl- overall employees? Yeah. So, uh, he had, he had, uh, two technicians. Well, he had one, yeah, two technicians. When we went under contract, he lost one technician during that time, uh, for had some COVID, you know, issues or whatever, and things just kind of spiraled. So that person had to step away. And, and so we, we actually made a contingent upon the close that he have a second employee that was back in, you know, second technician back in and trained and ready to go. He found someone incredible, um, and, you know, like a, a more junior tech, but just a great human being really knows what he's doing and has a great head on his shoulders. So, mm-hmm. so we have two techs. Um, we've already hired a third actually. 
And then uh, we've hired a CSR. So, you know, his wife was kind of like the CSR customer service rep for originally. Um, so we've hired someone to replace her. And then Scott is the GM kind of replacing Richard. Richard was also a technician as well. Um, and so he still advises us on, you know, like escalation points. But for the most part, I mean, we, we talk to him once or twice a week, maybe. And that's about it at this point. So the whole business is basically reliant on two techs, the, the, the output of two techs right right now. Well, you said yeah, you hired, have, a, but you hired just hired a third. We do have a third. Yep. So getting okay. ready, and we're about to go through and have the best December they've had in the twenty years it's been in business. And is that because of you have this new capacity with this third hire, with this third tech new hire? You know what? I or is it is all you your all, all those emails you're sending, all that growth work you're doing? <laughs> which I, which so you're the, reporting the, well on on Twitter, I see. My, my very, very uh, Fisher-Price first email marketing email, uh, <laughs> I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure helped. But the uh, I'd love to tell you it's because we're so awesome and we're so great or anything. But I think it's literally just answering the phones and being really accessible and, and getting out there um, and like responsive-wise. And then being... Uh, I think we're we're not at the top of market and we're not at the bottom of market. We're probably in that like 75th percentile as far as pricing. So it's still very uh, affordable and uh, and we have great, great reviews too for a small company. So, you know, overall, I think we're just, uh, we're kind of lucking out right now. It's a warmer Texas uh, winter too. Well, it sounds like you, you have high opinions of the seller uh, and his character, but maybe that he wasn't as responsive as he could have been, or maybe this was an example of, you know, you hear sweaty startup always talking about, you know, in-home services or, or local services in general, just, you know, be more responsive and answer the phone and you're already doing better than 95% of your competition. Is, th- is there something to that going on here? Yeah, I mean, they're, look, they're, uh, they had a level of success that I think gave them uh, a willingness to kind of be a little more crass or um, <laughs> <laughs> with customers sometimes. Um, okay. Uh, or, or like simple things were like, oh, yeah, I need that information. Just text it to me versus just taking the time to say, hey, let me take that down for you and put it in our CRM and we'll follow up. And, you know, like putting more uh, onus on the customer, like there's just things from a customer standpoint, like service standpoint and, a, and like a customer experience standpoint that definitely made me cringe a little bit, not because... Yeah. He didn't care, but just because I think he, you know, he's busy and that's the only way he could get it done one way or the other. So that's what he did. The, how are you able to hire a tech, uh, so, so quickly? I mean, did you just put, put out, put out the opening and you brought somebody in because everything that I'm hearing is, um, obviously we're, we're living in a time of, of labor shortage, but particularly in the skilled trades, it's, it's, it's acute. And yet here you are in month one, you're able, you're able to, uh, grow your workforce by 50% <laughs> with this, with this third hire. It's always, it's always easy to grow by big numbers when your base <laughs> is so small, but, uh, yeah, look, I think, uh, I came from a, I, my last job. I, I worked in real estate as well. And, uh, you had to be licensed and we probably in the, the two years I was there hired, I don't know, 800 people. And so I just came from a recruiting machine. And I think there is, uh, there's this huge gap between like the job postings and jobs that people put out there and like what really happens and your how important you are to a company. And so uh, I tell you a little bit is just trying to put out more like human you know, type job descriptions and like how we're going to care for you, how we're going to take care of you, you know, the role you get to play. Um, we also, we have, we actually have three people ready to start with us. Um, 
you know, as soon as we say that we have the business for them, mm-hmm. uh, which was really exciting. This person actually ended up being one of the technicians that had worked uh, for Barts previously. So oh. he, he, he had come back um, and was interested in, in potentially working again. So, you know, he saw our ad when we put the stuff out and, you know, was excited to try and join. So it happened to work out really well. We needed someone that was strong on the install side and, uh, and, and air quality. That's one of our big pushes right now is trying to figure out more of like indoor quality management, um, indoor air quality management. So he's really strong in both of those. And it just was a really nice uh, match. And then we have two more people that are ready to go and we're hoping to hire in January, uh, as business continues to pick up. So we'll see. I, I honestly, um, I believe that if you're, if you have a great offering from a, a company standpoint, uh, like a compensation standpoint and like a culture standpoint it's actually not that hard it's not that hard to hire out there even for skilled trades uh you know it's going to take some effort and you have to treat do it right but um put a process behind it and actually know what you're doing then i feel pretty confident that we're gonna be able to fill those roles well maybe it's kind of like what's what i was saying earlier about sweaty startup where the service provided to the end customer just isn't as sophisticated or as tight or as or as professional as it could be. Um, and just by doing that, you're, you're way ahead of the market. Maybe the same thing applies internally, like the, the, all the all of your competitors out there who are just not servicing the customer at, you know, as professionally as customers want are also not treating their employees as professionally as the employees want. And so you just f- fix both, the, both your external facing business and your internal facing business um, and, you know, you're, you're, you're better than 95% both externally and internally, something like that. Yeah. I like to think so. Honestly, I just don't, I mean, I treat, I treat, uh, recruiting just like sales, you know? Yeah. So if I get a lead on the HVAC side, you better believe I'm calling back within a minute. And, uh, but people think that I think there's been such a, uh, uh, there's been so much time where companies had the advantage and they could respond a month later to a, a to an application. And, uh, and, you know, so we're striving, like, how do we, how do we, within an hour, we get an application saying, Hey, we're so excited that you applied. Thanks so much. Uh, we are interested in talking to you. Here's, here's a time frame and the process that we're looking at. Um, will this work for you? You know, if it doesn't, we don't want to waste their time and we don't want to waste our time. And so, uh, that's the approach that we're taking. And that would just like real, uh, you know, like real written, uh, job descriptions that sound like, Hey, there's a human behind this. this isn't some professional yeah. job description. That sounds like a robot wrote it. It's the, yeah. like, Hey, you're going to be valued here. And and here's how we're going to do that. We're kind of a no bullshit tech forward company. And that's our little saying right now is uh, we're a tech first company, technicians and technology. And that's how we're going to take it to our customers so that they get the best service and the best price. Nathan, you have all this experience in real estate. You self self described as a, you, you love real estate. You, you built and sold a property management company. Worked at WeWork for run. You've managed crews, so you seem like somebody who, even if you don't have HVAC experience directly, you're you're pretty well positioned to get in there and learn quickly and understand. Get your arms around it. What if? What would you say to somebody like me, for example, who might be looking at buying an HVAC company but really doesn't have nearly the experience that you do? Uh, how, how should I feel? How how learnable is this if you're really new to home services and don't really know anything about it? Uh, I think it's very learnable, uh, but you have to have someone that knows far more than you. And I think that's the most like. If, if you're going to go buy an HVAC company, let's say, and you don't have any experience in that, you can absolutely learn, but you have to have someone that you can lean on that you trust within the company and you need to do everything to keep them. You know, and so that goes from uh, day one, like how do you build that trust with them? 
uh, if you get to meet them in the actual, you know, acquisition process, like we met the, we met all the technicians before we closed, you know, and we interviewed them and we talked with them and we talked about retention. And so, uh, I think as long as you're not too good to do anything, you know, so if you're willing to be up in that attic and, you know, putting that, um, you know, that coil up on your back and getting it up into the attic after you're taking the stairs off and you're just, you know, that's what Scott's done in so many ways, trying to build that trust. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's where you start. You ask lots of questions, you empower the people. And when they say things, you listen. Uh, I think that's incredible. And at the end of the day, this is a people business. This is a people business all day long. And uh, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And mm -hmm. you show you care by being with the team, by listening to them, um, by paying them what they're worth, by giving them opportunities to, you know, be proud of the work they do. And, uh, and if you can do those things, then the technical knowledge will come. It will absolutely come. So are you expecting or is Scott expecting of himself that he's going to basically learn 50 to 80% of what his technicians know at, uh, over the next year or two? 50 to 80%, man, that's a good, uh, maybe like probably in that ballpark. I mean, he could go in, I would say between Scott and I, we could, we could, we could take care of like simple things. Like I've changed plenty of capacitors. I've changed plenty of fan motors in my day. Um, like I don't mess with Freon. I haven't messed with Freon much. Um, you know, of course, changed filters. I've cleaned coils. Like there's lots of things that I've done. Um, so I feel I'm, I'm relatively personally like me mechanically inclined. Like I'm not too good to do anything. And yeah. Scott's exactly the same way. So, uh, but more importantly, can he talk incredibly well on the phone to customers to give them confidence? That is, mm -hmm. We're really um, worrying about that because he's going to be teaching a lot of our customer service reps. How do they troubleshoot? How do they ask questions? You know, how do you know that? Like, you know, most people don't like Nest thermostats, like on the HVAC side. Like, there's a lot of problems with them, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of challenges, and this is why. And um, you know, and and when there's problems with it, he knows already. Hey, here's the three or four things you got to ask because this is the problems that happen most of the time because he's talking to the, te the techs constantly, listening, um, talking to the customers, and so. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's going to be the GM, but he's learning everything he can right now to make sure he's knowledgeable in the whole entire business. Oh, let's talk about size of the business that you acquired. So, uh, um, about two hundred thousand dollars in SDE, two to two fifty, and about a million dollars in revenue. Uh, you and you acquired it. You said for four hundred thousand. Yep. So. You've probably seen on Twitter this this debate that happens every now and then, and, I, and I'll tweet things about it, like buying small, buying a, on the smaller side versus uh, buying something quite a bit larger, like you know maxing out the SBA loan of five, buying an enterprise of five million dollars in value. And I would I would call your acquisition a smaller acquisition. You bought small. W was that a philosophical decision? Do you do you have thoughts about this? And and now that you're in there and you're actually it, it, you're demonstrating to yourself that you can that you can actually it sounds like you can grow pretty quickly. I mean, if you go from two to five technicians within the first sixty to ninety days, that's uh, that's that's pretty awesome. So so any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, philosophically, it was we want bigger and we would like to max out the SBA loan, but the market kind of kicked our ass, and this is what okay. we could get. So uh, you know, at the end of the day. You know, we, we got in there and we, I think we got laughed out on some of our offers, if I'm honest, of trying to go <laughs> after some of the bigger ones because, man, the multiples they started using for some of them were just getting out of hand, if I'm really honest. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're really happy with the size of this. It makes it harder to, it means we're, you know, putting more of our own money in for growth, you know, for uh, like we're going to hire like a more senior kind of um CSR kind of ops manager, you know, who can, who can be on the phone more here soon. And that's going to be, you know, that's, that's going to be a little risky, um, because we will be able to pay for it barely, but we will be much closer to breaking even at that point until we start seeing like the summer ramp. 
Um, yeah. You know, so that comes out of the working capital that we brought into the business. Um, that's a risk that I think is going to pay incredible dividends, especially as that allows us to you know install more systems and frameworks that creates more consistency and like everything else that comes with it. Because we do want to elevate Scott in a way that he's running the business, he's not in the business. Sure. So when you say the working capital you brought, that was above and beyond the four hundred that you paid for the business. Yeah. So I mean, if if you want numbers broken, yeah, I'm happy please. to do that. So uh, so SBA loan, we we paid uh, we paid four hundred. You know, they usually you know want, want you to put in ten percent. So what we did is we did the acquisition loan, um, and and then we got a hundred thousand dollar line of credit in addition to the acquisition loan. Uh, how that all broke down was we put in about fifty three k to close the deal. Mm-hmm. So fifty three k to get you know a little over a million in revenue. I'll, you know, I'll take that all day long. Um, and then we put in so fifty three k split between the three of us, uh, and then we each put in seventy. Uh, we put in another. Yeah, like 55k each um, for working capital. So we have the 100k working capital line plus 150, you know, 165ish um, between the three of us. So, you know, that's kind of where we're sitting right now as far as um, you know, hoping we don't have to put more money in. But if we need mm-hmm. to, then it'll be in the pursuit of growth, and I think we'll we'll actually be in a place to do that. So, uh, I can tell you, we're going from that one. Our plan is about 2.72 million for next year. Uh, and if we can get that second acquisition, if we, if we can get a second acquisition, then we're probably looking closer to five is, is the plan. So, uh, but 2.72, that's the plan for 2022. Nathan, so you acquired a business doing a million dollars in revenue and you, and you think you'll get it to your goal is to get it to 2.72 in the, in the first year. That's incredible. And, uh, then you said to five, maybe in year three, sorry. No, that would be year two. That would be year two of ownership. If we ownership. if we do get a you know, considering Bart's is our kind of our our platform uh, company, if we do add a second company, the goal would be how do we get to five million at least a five million run rate uh, next year. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's not. We would love to get that second company and and start kind of adding plumbing or electrical onto this, but you know we'll see how it goes. There's a ton to learn and kind of uh, really optimize on just the HVAC side. So yeah. Uh, Lots of work to do. Well, even if you, and, but this two point, this two point seven two number, that is without an acquisition. That's just organic growth Correct. of that's, Bart's. That's exactly, man. And you know that that's actually one of the arguments for buying small. If if you are able, like if you have better access to deals uh, and acquisitions now that you own Bart's and you're seen as legitimate, and you know in the industry or maybe other people in the industry who are looking to sell hear that you've acquired Bart's and that, that you know they reach out to you and they say, hey, buy me. You know this is what I this is like a pattern that I often see. So that's actually an ar- argument for buying small. Just get in the game because doors will open. Um, versus you know spending another two or three years of your life looking for that four million dollar business where nothing other than your search is happening 100 percent. i'll tell you we met with an owner of a business um in kind of the same like geographic area as us recently and we're actually just going to talk to him about some real estate he happened to own and uh and he was good friends with uh, richard who we bought this company from and he's like, hey, uh, you know, how's it going? And we're like, hey, how's business going? What's going on? He's like, man, it might business be a lot better if you guys just bought it from me. Like, <laughs> love, we would love to talk to you about that. You know, and so that's yeah. that's how easy some of the conversations um, have started now. That you know, we treated an owner really well, uh, and we've taken care of him. He's made out. And, I mean, we've just made it as easy as possible for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's starting to spread, right? And you're just building more mm-hmm. credibility. Um, so we're really excited about that that opportunity as well. Just having credibility in the business and people are willing to talk to you and share more now that, that you're there. 
Yeah. Nathan, in the last few minutes that I have you, talk to me about the grand plan. Uh, what What is this step one of? What is homework? All right. Homework is uh, is the grand plan of, uh, we believe it to be a platform to make homeownership easier. So if you think about, you know, taking all the data that, that may involve a home um, and using it to basically put your home on autopilot. And so an example would be like, uh, you've probably seen a floor plan, but like, what did you ever do with it? Um, maybe, maybe people have taken down your your HVAC equipment model numbers or serial numbers. Um, you know, maybe they've collected uh, the same thing for your appliances, or you know, have gotten window measurements for quotes. And I believe that uh, if you can bring all of those things into one place, um, all that data, like, how do you? Uh, create kind of a a platform where you know you will can just go to your home address online, and you know every time that we visit you service wise, like the service gets better because now we know what HVC you have. So do you want to quote on a replacement? Well, I don't need to come out there next time. I've already been there. We have pictures of the data plate. We know exactly what you are. Here's your quote in sixty seconds or less because we already have that information about you. Or windows. If we have window measurements uh, of what kind of windows you have in your house, like just 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 look at all the different kind of windows and we'll give you a quote on, on that. And then just tell us a time and we'll come out and do it for you. You know, I think that's kind of the grand vision. And so the way that works for us, um, why did we buy an HVAC business? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, there's three pillars on, on this whole point. There's the data. So like the data is the hardest piece. It's kind of the crazy, like how do you get all the data of every house in the country? Well, it's going to take a, it's going to take a very long time. Right. Um, but we believe that if you take the data and you build incredible tech on it, um, and then use that tech to actually go to service. Like we believe every time we service that we can build better data. And it just, it's like a, a flywheel that keeps building on itself. So for instance, my HVAC team goes out to your house, Will, and the first time all they do is they take down your filter sizes and they take down the equipment that you have. So you have a four and a half uh, ton heat pump, um, you know, system with, uh, um, and so now we have that information. And if you ever have problems or we wanted to do a filter subscription, let's say you just like, Hey, I want my filters here every other month on the, on the first of every month. And I want them in my sizes and I want them to smell like cherry, you know, like you could, you could do that. Right. Um, and, and I think I love that idea of automation and creating more and more value for homeowners and kind of putting that on Isle of Pilot. And like, that's just the beginning because if you think of all the subscriptions or kind of reminders that you could do for people of, if I know you have St. Augustine grass in Texas, well, I can tell you, Hey, based on the weather now it's, it's late March. We're going to send you that fertilizer that you should be applying right now. Uh, cause you have a subscription with us for, you know, home care or, uh, excuse me, lawn care, excuse me. Um, and so that, that's kind of this idea of like, how you do that. So HAC is our first service. The second service we're actually doing is home inspections. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to think of a, a service that is richer in data than a home inspection where you could take all those things and get it in one fell swoop. And then imagine you just had that home inspection and you're going into a home that you just bought and you already have everything you need to provide to service providers or to us so that you can get quotes or we could tell you, Hey, it's average price for your lawn care is $45 a week, $150 mm-hmm. for pool service. And you could just walk in day one um, with all that information because we did your inspection and gathered all that data and then applied it to our platform. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the grand vision. Um, HVAC is one of the first ones. So we're learning how to do like instant quotes for HVAC um, uh, filter subscriptions. And then we're going to play a lot with that, uh, that service plan to try and make it more of like our Amazon prime. So how do you, mm-hmm. as you add more services, how do you make that like an Amazon prime where you get all this great value if you just subscribe to, to homework. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the grand vision. And Nathan, so, so this solving this data problem, you all are 
through your HVAC and your home inspection, eventual home inspection companies, you're collecting the data yourselves via these client relationships that you have. Correct. Okay. Okay. And so I, you know, obviously you'd be local first. So, so homework would kind of, it's first, uh, market where it kind of blanketed the market and had lots of data about homeowners would be DFW. And so you'd prove out the model there and, and then you take it, then you'd stamp them out in other cities. hundred um, percent. I mean, we'll, we'll probably third party most of the inspections um, and share that data, but you're exactly right. The platform at some point, we'll figure out how to make it more widespread before we can actually provide the service. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have lots of thoughts on that, obviously. But uh, yeah, it will be constrained by the the service part for sure, because that's I think that's where the real value comes. Lots of people want to do like these Angelus where they just sell leads and yeah. and like you just hand it off. But there is no there is no full cycle where you know someone brings the data and like confirms what happens and what's you know and then like that data informs the next time that makes it even easier and like just continues and continues and so that relationship is so key very much like Amazon built this platform of trust where they fulfilled everything in the beginning and then eventually after you knew Amazon was a place that you could find whatever you need it's the everything store and you could trust it they'll make things right if they get it wrong then they brought in third party sellers and third party fulfillment yeah. and, and I think we think very similar of like. I'd rather grow slow and only have a few offerings service-wise uh, and build that platform of trust and then explode with, you know, lots of third-party providers and helping people, you know, uh, build their own little service businesses, you know, through the platform and make it really easy for them. In the HVAC acquisition, you, you said, obviously, that was about starting to collect data. Um, but was is there also kind of a, a revenue play here that it becomes, if, if you get it to 2.72 or $5 million run rate, it also becomes... Your, Self-funding, absolutely. But I think at the rate we want to grow, we'll be we'll be going out this summer probably to raise funding uh, a seed round for for homework oh. overall. So that, that's the intention. But yes, absolutely, because I know skilled trades are profitable, value driven businesses, and and that will drive value for the whole company. Because man, uh, if you could f- self fulfill anything in electrical, plumbing, and HVAC, then you know that's just an incredible pillar for for the mm-hmm. company uh, mm-hmm. to be able to do, but I'm sure you'll end up having a partner at some point down the road, you know, who knows how it goes, but uh, yeah, absolutely. That is, that is a huge part of it. It's funding us right now and it's funding us doing anything uh, development wise. So, you know, it's pretty exciting. Very interesting, Nathan, how I found you on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle for others to follow along? Yeah, I'm at Nate Lenahan uh, and Nate is N8, like the number eight and then mm-hmm. Lenahan, L-E-N-A-H-A-N. Great. And is that the best place for people to reach out to you? Yeah, very uh, active on Twitter or LinkedIn. Okay. All right. Nathan, thank you very much for for the time and and sharing this acquisition. Congratulations on that. And uh, best of luck with homework. I'm sure um, talking to you in a year, uh, there will be lots to report. So uh, why don't we uh, plan on that? Sounds great. Thanks so much for the time. And let me uh, share a bit of my story, Will. 